Hi, friends, and welcome back to another episode of Open House, a fresh, fun, and real podcast where I, Louise Rumble, invite you inside the therapy room with me to learn from some of the very best psychologists, therapists, and sex and intimacy coaches that I have found. No topic is off the table, no question too juicy, and no experience too shameful. At Open House, everyone is welcome. And we're on a mission to develop a new mental health experience for all because we believe that true happiness is coming home to yourself under the layers and layers of you that society has told you to be. As ever, please remember that this podcast is for entertainment purposes only and you should always seek professional medical help when necessary. Now, let's get into it and I'll see you on the other side. Hi friends and welcome back. I'm so happy to be jumping into the mother wound after the incredible success of the father wound series, which has been streamed over a hundred thousand times. What I've been learning over the last few months is that the mother wound is arguably just as important, but it is so, so overlooked. And particularly in heteronormative relationships, the daddy-daughter relationship often takes the spotlight and we look into how that defines how we attract men in our life. But what gets overlooked is the relationship that we have with our mother and how that actually defines our relationship with ourself more so than with our romantic partners. There are so many parts of the mother wound and I cannot wait to get into them over the next few weeks. It's connected to our self-esteem, our levels of perfectionism and control, particularly in the house and the home rather than in the workplace, which can often be tied more into masculine energy and the father wound. The mother wound can develop from being too close to your mum, which is known as enmeshment, or not close at all, which is known as disconnection. A huge part of the mother wound and the relationship with your mum is how it can impact your body image, your eating habits and generally your self-image and self-esteem. And this, for me, has been fascinating. We're going to cover that in part two of this series, and I cannot wait to share that with you already. But it doesn't even stop there. The mother wound can drive your body image. It can be connected to your female friendships and your relationships to other females in your life. It can drive how you view women, how we exist as women in this male-driven patriarchy that we live in, and even how you judge other women that are trying to smash out of it. The mother wound can be involved in so many ways that we show up in the world, no matter your gender. But what I've taken from this series is how it ultimately impacts the way that we connect with ourself and often the voice that we hear in our head. And that for me was crazy. Because if the voice inside of your head was your mother's critical voice all along, then maybe that might just change everything we've experienced over the last few decades of our life. Today's episode is sponsored by Lilybod. Keep listening for your code to get 30% off the entire collection by being a listener of Open House wherever you are based in the world. Lilybod is an Australian designed activewear brand that I've been wearing since 2015, so coming up for nearly a decade. It's dynamic, modern, and seriously high quality. And when I tell you that the pieces from 2015 that I still own still look new, I can guarantee that they work for everything and everyone. And I have 100% faith in this brand. From your healing girl walk to your hit class, from weight training to Pilates, picking the kids up from school or rushing to therapy, or even out for your third iced coffee of the day, even though we know we're only supposed to have one, Lilybod has something for everyone. 
from the perfect core collection leggings that look amazing with a baseball cap to oversized sweats, tracksuits, the cutest cycling shorts and amazing rib tanks. I love it all. But what I love most about this brand is that their focus this year is to share the word around how physical health is just one part of the puzzle to feeling your best. They understand that mental health starts from within and I love that they're the brand that supports me as I navigate this beautiful thing called life, whether I'm having a good day, a bad day, or a I need to call my therapist day. Use code OPENHOUSE at checkout for 30% off. And if you're in our community area, you'll get a crazy 40% off too. Now, back to the main episode. So today we're talking about the mother wound and at Open House, you know that I never want to shy away from uncomfortable topics. I always want to provide you with a safe, loving, warm space to explore your own personal lived experiences. What I've learned on my journey in this space so far is that I think one of the things that people really don't talk about is the toxic parent. You know, the parent that really damaged you, the deeply unhappy parent, the sick parent, the addicted parent, the mentally unwell parent, or even just the parent that when we think back to our childhood, we have horrible memories hidden behind the front door of the family home. And I think that this fine line between the abusive parent and the attacking parent is really important in today's episode. This episode doesn't touch explicitly on different types of abuse. And I really hope that at some point we can get into that on the podcast because I know that it is such a deeply, profoundly damaging and redemptive part of many people's healing journeys. And while I've had my own experiences, limitations and challenges with my own parents, fundamentally, my entire childhood was based on well-intended love, care and provision. And so in today's episode, I do want to preface it by saying that maybe for the first time ever, I do not have a personal experience with some of the topics that we are talking about. I did not have an attacking mother. I did not have an abusive mother. And it wasn't until I dated someone who had experienced abuse from their mother that I realized that the mother wound can be deeply, deeply damaging. So much so that many people can step into this space of ultimately cutting their mother off. However your mother wound shows up, I want you to know that whatever you've been through, I hold space for how extremely painful that has been for you, especially if you've never been able to speak openly about it. What I've also learned is that it's a parent's duty to be there for you, to provide for you, to care for you, to connect with you and to attune with you. And I know from speaking with people that have gone through these types of things that they get told all the time, she's still your mum. she still loves you, she only wants what's best for you, she was trying her best. But the truth is, is that sometimes their best wasn't good enough. As you go through this episode today, I just want to reiterate that you do not owe anyone forgiveness or contact, even if they brought you into this world. And ultimately, you have to do what is best for your emotional health. And for those of you who are here because you had a critical mother, a controlling mother, I want you to understand that yes, this person has shaped you more than maybe anyone in your life. And maybe you haven't given them credit for that. But what I also believe is that the relationship with your mother can be open to repair, rebuild, and ultimately just strengthening, even if there hasn't been a breakdown or a rupture in trust. 
Yes, it's difficult when we're engaging with a different generation who are wired totally differently to the way that we are. But the truth is, is that change can and will start with you. And that change will ripple out over your family as the weeks, months, years, and even generations go on as you become a healthier individual with stronger, clearer, firmer, more compassionate boundaries and an ability to communicate to your mom the gratitude and the love you have for her and all she gave you, but also the limitations that she's placed on you that you have carried for the rest of your life too. Today's episode also does not touch on parents with personality disorders or particularly the narcissistic parent. I know that that's something that a lot of the Open House listeners have experienced. We will get into that at some point. But for now, let's get into part one of the mother wound, the attacking mother. I hope that this might be the gentle start of your own healing journey with me and Stephanie. Now, let's get into it. I love you. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Open House Podcast. This one I am excited about. I'm excited about all of them, but if our three-part Daddy Issues series is anything to go by, this one is going to be something very, very special. It is my absolute honor to have Stephanie Therapy back with us today, one of the most incredible therapists I have ever ever met. She is doing so much good in this world. She is a beautiful human being. I have goosebumps even introducing her, which says it all. So I'm so, so happy to have her back. And today we are getting into the mother wound and mummy issues. Now this is requested constantly. And I know that Stephanie feels the same way. And we've also just been joking before we got on camera that we need, we need hours. We need hours on this. There is so much to say. Not only is there so much to say, but I also think it goes so overlooked in today's society. And that's been a huge part of my journey. I always thought that my issue was the father wound, the father wound. And then I just had this realization when I went to therapy that, oh my goodness, my mum who I love so much, we're going to get into that, she has shaped me in a way that I never, ever acknowledged. I never acknowledged it. I was so focused on my father, on the men in my life, on the boyfriends, on the people that had hurt me, that I never looked to my mother. So Stephanie, welcome back. And I guess let's just first up start with like, what the mother wound is, because I really just don't think that that is ever explicitly spoken about. Hi, Louise. I am so happy to be back. And I know how much of an impact the Father Wound podcast made. So just being here and now speaking about this huge, huge topic that, like you said, just gets overlooked. You know, being able to speak about this, it's my, you know, it's my go-to topic. It shows up in almost every single session with clients. And as you said, it's overlooked. How you connect with men, how you connect with the world, how you could sort of connect externally and socially that comes through the father wound, how you connect to yourself, how you feel about yourself, how you feel around other women, that's through the mother wound. When I started in my career, I thought there was a mother wound and a father wound. And I was going to work with clients to see which one affected them and impacted them the most. What I've learned over the years is that you cannot have a father wound without a mother wound, because you've either got this difficult father who's emotionally unavailable that the mother is having to show up for, um, fill in the spaces for, or if your dad did leave and abandoned you, 
you are left with a broken version of that woman. So you have to have a mother wound if your father was any of the things that we listed in your last podcast. And just to answer that question, I think the reason it is so overlooked is because if we were to start to lay some, not even blame, because, you know, there's no such thing as a perfect mother. You know, if we were to start to look at how a woman relates to her children, how she feels in the home, how she's overlooked, how her generational trauma, her ancestral trauma has impacted her, we would then require men to have a softer role in society towards children. And right now we're happy to sort of position them in a protector, a provider role. And when I say that it's generational and it's ancestral, through the study of epigenetics, it has been proven that your DNA can change through the mother wound, through your grandparents, your grandmother, your mother, because we are born with our ovaries, with our, you know, our fertility. And so I've actually worked, uh, just going off, off topic a bit, Louise, I've actually worked with clients who, when I've taken them to a certain point, I've actually re- recommended them to a quantum healer that I know who has worked within the womb space and can see that there are blockages from generations ago. So we carry this mother wound, it's huge. But going back to your question, what is the mother wound? There are three types that this kind of falls under. So it's the attacking mother. Now, the attacking mother is angry. She is passive aggressive. She is critical. She causes a an effect in sort of her children, namely daughters, where they tend to hide themselves from her, her loud anger. We then have the absent mother who is emotionally absent, and she could be physically absent as well. We always have to remind ourselves that someone can be absent and still be in the home. She ignores her own emotions, her own feelings. She gaslights her children into believing that they shouldn't feel their own emotions. So you're not hungry, you're being greedy, or um, you're not upset, get over it. Or if, you're, if you carry on crying, I'm going to give you something to cry for, that kind of messaging. And then we have the overbearing mother, the helicopter mother. She feels so unsafe in her own body and in, in herself that she teaches her children that the world is unsafe. You know, she's the mother that is controlling. She doesn't really want her children to maybe go away and travel or go to university. She doesn't want her children to develop their own identity in a way. And that's where the mother wound kind of um, sits in those three categories. And again, looking at your your generational trauma, your grandmother, your great-grandmother, it's all connected I love how you've broken down the three types of mother into those three categories. And before we get into this episode, I just want to preface it by the fact that saying again, I love my mum so much. I know she will be listening to this episode. So I want to say, mum, I love you so deeply for everything you've done for me. We are going to explore the impact that she's had on me. And I think that it just ties back to your first point, which is that you said it's difficult to sort of feel anything negative towards the mother. But I want to take that one step further and say, my mum has done so much for me. She has always been there. Every pickup, every school drop-off, she's like a martyr in the house. She works so hard, so, so hard, cleaning, ironing, sewing name tabs in our socks when we were younger. I mean, you name it, that woman is a powerhouse. And I'm sure we're going to get into, yeah, there's just so many interesting nuances around that. But I think for me, until I went to therapy, how could I ever lay criticism at my mother when she's done so much for me? That is, I think, a very, very interesting piece of the puzzle. And I think that we preface and we underlie today's episode by saying, your mother can have done so much for you and it's still okay 
to feel some of the things that we're going to be talking about. I think that's the foundational piece. And I think that also brings us then into number one, you know, the attacking mother. Let's dive into number one, the attacking mother, because this is definitely something that I think I have experienced in my family home. So my mother is very critical and it's something that we have touched upon recently, which is that I feel like often when I share something with her, she will always share the negative first. So she'll always share, oh, you know, you just need to be careful of that. Or, oh, you just need to think about this instead of being like, I'm so happy for you. Like I think, you know, one time I did a, oh yeah, I did a photo shoot recently for Open House and I loved it and I was so excited and I shared it with my mum and I was expecting her or hoping her to be like, I love it. You look lovely. I'm so proud of you. And the first thing that she said was, oh, you're doing a podcast with people that maybe aren't feeling good mentally. Like you don't want to make them worse with the pictures that you're putting out there. And I was like, what? I was literally crushed. I like wanted to cry. I just spent 750 pounds on a photo shoot and trying to seek my mother's approval and acceptance in that moment. I was kind of met with like, oh, you know, almost like not ridicule, but just, yeah, she's quite critical. So I'd love to understand like on the attacking mother, is it that they're critical to themselves? Is it that they're critical to their daughter? Is it that they're critical to their husband? This criticism, this passive aggression, who is it aimed at? Is it aimed at them and everyone else around them? Or is it at a specific mother-daughter dynamic? That's such a great example, Louise, because I think all of us on some level have experienced our parents in that way, you know, especially our mother in that way. And it can feel like jealousy. I know for a lot of people, but looking at your mum from a personal level, Louise, She built her identity on being your mum. She built her identity on you being childlike, small. I'm going to cook for them. I'm going to clean. I'm going to sew labels in their clothes. I'm going to, you know, make sure that they have everything they need. Anytime you possess or express a part of you that is adult-like, mature, progressive, sexual, she is going to feel triggered because you feel safer to her as a, a small child. And not just that, Louise, your mental health over the years has improved. And the better you get and the more you share this message, the more you don't need her. And it's it's hard to accept that. And again, like you touched on, our parents do not have to be monsters for us to address this trauma. We have this huge sense of loyalty to our mothers because we were, you know, we were with them from day one. We saw everything. We felt everything. Everything we've learned about ourselves has come from this woman. And so I think looking at your sort of your situation, I would say she's just trying to hold on to her little girl and the critical part of her comes from that trigger, but also what she's learned from her own parents, from her grandmothers, whatever it might be. I always, always ask my clients, what was the relationship with your mother like and your grandmother? Where was the safe space? And unfortunately, we get very amazing grandparents, great grandmothers, you know, who are, you know, it's Nan. She's safe. She's cozy. She's cute. She's this little old woman, but she was a very different mother to our mothers. And so I have to also say as well to my mum, if you are listening, I love you too. And anything that you listen here that may be triggering, I'm sorry, but you know, I know my mum's doing the work as well. Going back to the attacking mother, what we just touched on, Louise, we also had mothers who had severe mental health issues. Now, we didn't have Instagram. We didn't have all of this sort of technology and all of these safe spaces where, you know, like this podcast, we didn't 
have these spaces for our mums. So they would sort of vary between being angry and aggressive and then they'd find a way through it, whether it was cleaning or cooking. And then they'd come back to us a different version. So that attacking mother at times was just miserable and, and was suffering with her mental health and had no one to to express it to. Okay, I can't wait for us to get into the jealousy because I don't have that with my mum at all. But oh my God, do I have the best story for you later in the episode. Like it is it is such a good story. And I wish I could tell you who it was about because it's someone very well known that we all know. And he told me the craziest story. Can't wait to share it. But just going back to, you know, the critical and the passive aggressive. So my mum is verging on having OCD. Um, she's very, very, very controlled, very, very clean. And I'm sure we'll get into this in the overbearing mother and how it's not surprising that I've gone the other way. I'm like, just throw shit on the floor. I'm like, I'm creative. Like, I don't, I'm not going to tidy the house. Like, I'm not going to be that housewife. And we'll, we'll get into that. But just to wrap up this, this space under the attacking mother, you mentioned this, this safe space. And I think what's so interesting for me is that like, my mom is, is my safe space, but I'm also able to acknowledge that my mom didn't have a safe space when she was growing up. She grew up in a, I don't want to say very poor family, but you know, like East End family, like her father went to prison. She moved schools like six, seven, eight times. She she had no, she had no stability. So now I have compassion for my mum that, oh my goodness, you went through so much change as a child. You went through so much trauma. You had your dad taken away from you. You had your schools moved eight times. How are you controlling what you couldn't control? You're doing it through cleaning. You're doing it through the house being yours. It's like we we joke about it that when mum comes around, you have to clean the hob. It's like a family joke. So every time my mum comes around, my brother gets like the window lean spray out or whatever. So the fact that I think you clean a hob with window lean literally says it all. I don't even know what you clean a hob with. That is actually hilarious. But yeah, I just think it's like I'm able, for a very long time, I got frustrated with my mum, but now I'm able to just acknowledge that she's just a product of her environment, that she went, what she went through as a child, as a teenager et cetera, et cetera. So I don't know if you have anything else to add on that before we move into the absent mother. I think honestly, Louise, the OCD, everyone can relate to that because like you said, our parents found external ways to avoid themselves. And I think this is another podcast to sort of open up the idea of being in an environment that you may experience poverty or you lived on a council estate. You grow up with shame. You don't grow up with role models. You grow up in an environment where you are kind of from the get-go made to feel bad for who you are because your circumstances have, you've been labeled by your circumstances. So when you are a child who grows up with not very much money and you are aware of things that a child should not be aware of, things like cleaning are self-soothing. Things like cleaning are going to make you feel better about your environment. And it's funny that you said that about your mom because we have a similar joke. My mom has this thing with washing. She cannot have a, an empty washing basket and she will just walk around and she will, she will come to my house, Louise, and she will have these piles of washing and she just hands it to me. And then I'm like, that was dirty like 15 minutes ago. They'll say, well, it was in the washing basket. And I say, so now I've got to put that away and I don't have time to put it away. So stop doing the washing. So I have these piles of washing around my house and we can't wait for her to leave because... They, she doesn't do anything with them. She just washes them and, and folds them and they end up all over the house. So it's definitely a thing for her, a trauma response. But, you know, yeah, we didn't grow up with very much money. And so anything we did have, if we broke anything, we got screamed at. My mum tried to keep this tiny space 
immaculate because she was so riddled with shame for who she was. We'd had money. She got divorced, didn't have any money anymore. So she tried to keep everything nice. And I think that's what your mum would have been going through. Anything that was unclean or messy or would have reminded her of a lifetime where she would have shared this tiny space with siblings and, you know, the shame of what happened with her dad, I think. So, yeah, just to just to touch on that OCD issue. Yes. And I just want to jump in there. Like my mom definitely has a lack, like a scarcity mentality, 100%. There's definitely like fear there. And she never understands how I'm so relaxed about money. I literally just spend it. It comes back to me. I always make it. I spend it. And I get it. I was I was born into a different family than she was. But the truth is, is that both of my parents came from nothing. They both came from very normal, verging on like, yeah, like financially restrictive families. And I just think that that's so interesting to acknowledge. Like my mom will always tell us that honestly, it'll be Christmas day and we'll open something and she'll be like, oh, it only costs $69.99. As if she has to justify that like, it's okay. Like it wasn't 500 pounds. And we're like, mom, it's fucking fine if it costs like 300 pounds, 20 pounds, like we don't care. But the fact that she's like justifying how much it costs, I'm like, we used to like get annoyed by it. Now I'm like, bless you. It's okay. Like it's okay to spend money. It's okay to receive money. Like we're safe. Everything's okay. But I guess like I love where this episode is going already because I think we're showing from our personal experience that everyone's mums has their nuances, right? And it's just about like laughing about them, not being angry about them. And it's okay to be angry too when they impact us and when they encroach on our life and our being. Growing up, I had an attacking mother. So my mum would, it would always be, what's wrong with you? Are you stupid? Are you backward? You know, and she forgets that. When I remind remind her, she says, no, I didn't. And I'm like, yes, you did. Yes, you did. We would get little sort of smacks in the back of the head, shoves, pushes, we'd get locked in our bedroom. We would be sort of criticised all the time. And I know it was her mental health. And so that voice comes up for me at times when my daughter is ungrateful or if she plays a prank on me or if she doesn't listen to me. I cannot, Louise, incite fear in my child, which is so strange because I was raised on fear. I was I was terrified of my mom. If she shouted my name in the street, I was at the door. My daughter, she's not afraid of me. So it's strange for other people to see as well because she's so conscious and aware of her own feelings and emotions because I've raised her consciously. I will tell her off for something and then I'll say, are you listening to me? And she'll stare me in the face and she'll say, yes, I heard you the first time. I'm going to take that on, on board. Or I'll say to her, you need to do this. She'll say, I don't want to do that right now. So it's literally come back to bite me on the butt because she's so conscious and aware. And I'm like, why are you not afraid? Like, I would have been like, yes, mom. I used to write her the, like, we laugh now. It's, it's quite traumatic. We have these little notes where we used to write to my mom, dear mom, you are right. We are so ungrateful. Please, can we go to after school clubs? We kept these little notes and we go, oh, bless. And it's like, no, that was traumatic. We were sitting in our bedroom apologizing to our mom when she was more than likely having this breakdown and having no support and taking it out on her children. So yeah, my child, sometimes she calls pranks and my voice wants to be like, are you backward? Are you stupid? Why would you do? But I can't, I have to be like, hey, this is really funny and laugh with her and joke. So that voice is, that critical mother is always going to come up to you in your head, you know, so be, be mindful of communicating with your children. There is no such thing as a perfect mom. Let them know you're sad. Let them know it's okay to feel. 
I absolutely love you sharing that. And I'm so grateful for you being vulnerable because I know it's not always easy to share the things that happened to us in childhood that maybe are more shameful, you know, maybe being hit or being shouted at, being locked in our room, et cetera, et cetera. We always joke, my mom is going to kill me for saying this. We, yeah, I, I used to like get hit with the riding crop. And I always make a joke. I'm like, oh, and then we wonder why I like being spanked. I don't even like being spanked that much. I just think it's quite a funny joke. But it is difficult to share those things. There's so much shame around it and so much shame for our mothers. And ultimately, they were just coping the only way they knew how. And like my mum said once that she had to pull the car over onto the side of the road because we were screaming so badly in the background and like this police officer came up and, you know, instead of shouting at her for telling her like, why have you pulled over here? You're not supposed to. He heard us screaming, me and my brother screaming at each other. Um, and he actually like told us to be quiet. And I think she said in that moment, she was just so grateful to have that support. And that's when like the penny dropped for me that was like, that was all my mum needed was like support in parenting. And maybe she wasn't receiving that from my father. He was never there. He was at work the whole time. And then when he was there, he was emotionally not there. And with that paternal kind of like disciplinary angle, like my father has, my father has never disciplined me once in his whole life. He's as soft as a feather. He literally does not discipline. So yeah, all of the disciplining fell onto my mum and I guess that that can kind of tie into like the attacking mother. And then I think that can also tie into the frustration that my mom probably felt that like she was the one that was having to do all the parenting, all the mothering. And, and like you said, your mom was struggling with her mental health. And so it all fell on her. Like she was trying to cope with everything. And I think, again, it just comes back to compassion around trying to understand where they were at. But I think it's also okay to set a boundary with someone that has deeply, deeply hurt you. Someone wrote into the house this week saying, my mom is so incredibly toxic. She has really, really done and said some awful things to me in my life. And now this woman has a child and they call, the child calls the grandma mean nana, like mean nana. And even the kid now is realizing, and it's so sad. So yeah, you guys can't see the video on this, but both of us are like, ah, pearly sad faces. This woman had made that decision to cut her mother off and I know another friend whose mother has been an addict her whole life and she made the decision to cut her mother off and cut that relationship. And I guess this fits into any category like attacking, overbearing or absent. I just love your thoughts here on, you know, it, it's okay, right, for some people, for their mother wound to be so deep that they've decided that this is a non-repairable relationship if their mother's not willing to take any responsibility in doing the work. Would you say that that's correct? Oh, 100% Louise. And like you said, you know, there are going to be people listening to this podcast who have had horrific childhoods. Look at how you feel about having children. Your childhood has left you doubtful of parenting, you know? So can you imagine how it must feel for someone who has been abused or had parents who were addicts or they've been left in care homes? I speak with women every day who have parents who are alcoholics. And the question is always, she chose drink over me. Why did she choose drugs over me? Why did she choose this life over me? And the life that they led was fraught with secrets, secrecy. And now they can't bear secrets. They can't bear to be left in the dark. They have to have information on everything because they weren't allowed sleepovers. They couldn't go to teachers or their peers and, and tell them what was happening. A lot of what was taking place in the home outwardly seemed okay, but inside they were having to deal with so much. And then again, we have mothers who were just 
disgusting. They would beat their children. They would do evil things to their children. And yes, we could label those sort of situations with mental health disorders, but without knowing or without acknowledgement, it's so hard to be able to say, well, forgive that person or make a go of it with that person. Anybody who is abusive to you or is repeatedly hurting you and not seeking help, who isn't seeking therapy or medication or whatever it might be that they need, they have to leave your life, you know, and it's hard when you have children because we, we're used to living communities, Louise. We used to all live in the same areas. You know, years and years ago, we, would, we were all raised and we would live in communities and that's where women would get their support from. Now we, we move to different areas. We're all relocated. We stay in touch over social media. So you would normally to your next door neighbor's house for maybe a bit of sugar or you'd go and play at your friend's house. You'd have the house phone. You'd go and meet at the local park. Everyone kind of knew each other and would help out. And we don't have that anymore. And so... You know, I think it's important to to address this. You know, we have children and we go, oh, I have to forgive my mom because my child needs a grandma. Or you might meet a great person, a great guy or a great woman, and you're like, oh, they're going to think there's something wrong with me because I've got a dysfunctional family or because I don't speak with my parents. And so you force that relationship. And I think it's so important to acknowledge that remothering yourself is all about acknowledging what happened to you and just saying, I'm not expecting that from my mom. And, and acknowledging that whatever your wound may be, whether you decide to speak to them or not, it's you that's going to repair that wound, no one else. You know, you can have a great relationship with your mom, improve on that if she's doing the work. But leaving yourself open to someone who is abusive, narcissistic, hurtful, critical, they have to go. Thank you for sharing that. I think it's so important and I don't think it's spoken enough about in the self-development world. I think there's this overarching generalization that everything can be fixed, just forgive everyone for what they've done. And the truth is, is that no, it involves accountability from both parties. And if the other party is also not taking accountability, like Stephanie said, her mom's doing the work. My mom is doing so much work. Like I'm so proud of her. If there's not accountability from two parties, then like Dr. Terry says all the time, a relationship is only as unhealthy as its unhealthiest partner. So if that mother figure is going to stay that unhealthy, you're never going to be able to heal the relationship by you stepping forward more. So I think that's just something that is really, really important that we touch on. And I know that we're time restricted today. Otherwise, I'd love to keep going. So I think what we will do is we will definitely do a part two of this episode for everyone listening, because I know that we haven't got into the absent mother. Um, and I know that there's a lot around the overbearing mother that a lot of people have have faced, which I think is so, so important for us to go into. So most of all, I just wanted to say I, I just can't thank you enough for what you share on these episodes, for how you share in an hour, like what people would learn in literally three months of therapy. So I think what we're doing together is so special. I think that the people that listen are so special. Um, I'm just so grateful to be able to be the vehicle to share you and what we know with the incredible people that are listening. So Stephanie, from the bottom of my heart, thank you to everyone listening, thank you. If you have more questions, just let us know. Um, episodes, requests, we are always open for. So unless there is anything else from you, I just want to say thank you. Oh, it leads on perfectly, doesn't it, to the absent mother. Like you said, the mother who avoids herself, 
also avoids her children. I'm happy to do a second episode of the week because I think it's needed. Thank you for having me again. And I just hope that even if you've just picked up one thing today, one gem has dropped for you and you've connected some dots. Um, I'm just, I'm so happy with that. And thank you for having me. Oh, my pleasure. And I can guarantee that there will be hundreds of gems that have dropped today, far more than just one. So I will see you next episode. And thank you so much. Hello, I'm Mark. And I'm Bethan. And we're the hosts of Seeing Red. We deliver intriguing, terrifying and dumbfounding true crime stories each and every week. With a focus on cases from the UK, we do occasionally venture overseas. We've covered everything from the mysterious death of professional footballer Emiliano Sala to the attempted murder of Victoria Sillias, a woman who fell from the sky and lived to tell the tale. Binge our bulging back catalogue and join us every Wednesday for a new episode of Seeing Red.